0: Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now no one likes a spelling test, except perhaps in France, where thousands of people turned out to take dictation right in the centre of Paris last weekend. It was the largest such competition ever staged. The Paris based journalist and author Lara Marlowe is here to tell us a bit more about it. Afternoon, Lara.
1: Good afternoon, Sean.
0: Now this was a, a massive dictation as I as I understand it.
1: Exactly. Although some of the English language coverage billed it as a spelling bee, it, it was actually a lot more than a spelling bee. Um, they arranged 1,779 desks uh, in formation on the Champs-Elysees, which was closed to traffic. And the the photographs, I encourage uh, your listeners to to look it up online, because the photographs are amazing. It's very incongruous to Mm. see the Champs-Elysees turned into a classroom. Uh, There were three sessions in the afternoon at 2, 4, and 6 p.m. They had 50,000 people apply to participate in this contest, and only a a few, over 5,000, were chosen to do it. Um, there were three texts, as I, as I mentioned. Uh, the first one was read by a television radio personality called Augustin Trapenard, whom I had the, the uh, good fortune to talk to about it afterwards. Uh, and then the second one was read by a novelist called Catherine Pancol, and that was a modern text. Uh, Trappenard read a 19th century text. And the last one uh, was read by a rugby player, and it was on a sports theme. Uh, But it's interesting. It it shows you how difficult the French language is that of the more than 5,000 people who participated, not a single person had a faultless copy. Uh, The best anyone did was one mistake.
0: Yeah, and and was it marked on on spelling, just on spelling?
1: Uh, Spelling and punctuation, but you have to remember that in French spelling, the accents count, and there's an acute, a grave, uh, a circumflex, <laughs> a lot of accents, and not only that—you've got to have the past participle and the adjectives in agreement with uh, it being masculine or feminine. I mean, it's it's very complicated writing French, I'm afraid.
0: And the, and the ages of the people who took part in this, Laura, there was a wide range.
1: Absolutely, I mean, there were there were. I about one woman who was 65 years old and retired. Um, there, were, there was a 10-year-old, uh, so that gives you an idea of the age range. There was also a very wide variety of, of social classes and, and milieu. That was the, the goal of it.
0: And, and I, I'm assuming the reason why there was such a vast turnout for this was that, was that probably most French people have grown up taking dictation in school.
1: Yes. Uh, The dictée uh, became a sort of institution in the late 19th century, and everyone who's been to French school has done it. But it should also be said that about 38 years ago, a man called Bernard Pivot, uh, who was a literary critic and who had a very, very popular television show called Apostrophes, apostrophes, um, started his dictée, and he he basically turned it into a parlor game. I mean, he, he, it would be broadcast every year, and, and French people would sit in their homes at the dining room table and, huh. and write it down and then check it with the, the, the text when it was released. And, and you know, i I've known people to go around boasting, oh, I got, you know, I only made one mistake on Pivot's Dictée and so on. So he popularized it. And now there, there are younger uh, literary types who've kind of taken over his mantle There's a a Franco Moroccan writer called Rachid Santaki, who's in his 40s, who was the the master of ceremonies on Sunday. And uh, Trapenao, whom I interviewed, um, is half. Pivo is now 88 years old, so he's not, and he's ill. Uh, But Trapenao has a new literary um, television show, primetime television, mind you, Hmm. uh, called, uh, um, it's called La Grande Libérie, the big bookstore. Uh, and Trapnant is also the patron of an NGO uh, called Libraries Without Borders, and one of their main goals is to fight illiteracy. And I I was kind of shocked because in a country that cares so much about its language and about getting it right, it appears that 7% of French people are illiterate, which is one of the highest rates in Western Europe.
0: My Now, is the, the the fact of people coming from other countries to come and live in France a factor in that? Are they illiterate in French, but perhaps um, not in another one,
1: language? One assumes so. I haven't, I haven't delved into it, but I think that is probably a factor. He said that there's a, a huge disparity according to region and social class. So I, I suspect that if in, you're, you're in one of these sort of Rust Belt areas that's, that's really impoverished, um, I would think, you know, p- people who who vote for the extreme left and the extreme right tend to come from the poorer areas. They tend to have a lot of immigrants. And, and those people, you know, the schools, the quality of the schools is very poor in those places. Um, it's also a fact that the more books you have in your home, the more likely you are to read and write Mm. and do well in school. Um, And and that's something that Libraries Without Borders uh, is is trying to to change because they're giving books, they're they're, they're setting up libraries all over the place and and trying to uh, encourage people to read, which was also the goal of of this uh, grand Dictée. Aside from getting into the Guinness Book of World Records, they wanted to attract people to books, to reading, to literature.
0: It's it, it's interesting, really, because dictating something to kids in school sounds like an old-fashioned way of uh, <laughs> of teaching something. Yet it seems to be hugely popular in France.
1: Yes, I mean it, 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 there's a lot of nostalgia about it, um, and and the organizers admitted that it's kind of an exercise in nostalgia. But I think in in our age of you know the internet and everything being digital, there's something really refreshing about going going back to uh, a, a text that was written in 1869 uh, and is quite flowery. It's about the, the period when the popes resided in Avignon, what a hopping place Avignon was when the papacy was there hmm. instead of in, in Rome. Uh, and that's that was the first main text. Um, and, you know, it, it's great that this isn't being lost. I mean, the words I kept hearing over and over were um, heritage, patrimoine, heritage, and... Uh, you know our our cultural um tradition you know i i think it's something they really want to preserve and it is being preserved uh through things like this this grand dictée
0: yeah and do they still do dictation in french schools
1: oh yes oh yes yeah uh, um, I think <laughs> it's like you know bleu blanc, rouge, the baguette, the berry.
0: <laughs> that, that will never change. The, the the person who won, who only who, who only made one mistake. Uh, what kind of how are they garlanded for uh, for that achievement?
1: Um, I asked the same question, and to my surprise, they said, "No, no, no. It's not about marking, and you know, it, it, it's not about grades. Um, it's re- being able to participate was its own reward."
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's that, that that in itself uh, also uh, says something quite significant about it. Uh, Lara, thank you very much for uh, speaking with us today. That was uh, the Paris-based journalist and author uh, Lara Marlowe. There, Moncrief, weekdays at two pm with Anna Glaze on News Talk.